You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Greg Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. All right. Uh, before the break, running back DB. Those are the two that we are considering for number four. The winner, if you will, gets to to be in the top three. I think with no surprise with wide receivers and the D line. I I tend to lean defensive backs a little less confident. Again, we're talking about like eight out of 10 versus eight and a half out of 10 or something like that in terms of confidence level. I feel really good about Emmanuel Forbes as good as you can about a guy coming in. You know, obviously we know about the size questions in terms of his bulk and his strength. Um, But his, his ball skills are just tremendous. His confidence, his mental makeup. And the thing that I think we learned in OTAs um, that, that we had heard a little bit about, but the more you got to like hear about him and then see it, his recognition is off mm. the charts and he doesn't even know what he's doing yet because he hasn't played it. Actually, like he doesn't have any NFL file yeah. yet. He hasn't actually played an NFL game and he's already got a great recognition of what defense or what offenses are trying to do to him and his, his group back there. And so if you take that, you take BSJ, you take fuller, you know, Quan again, like he's a rookie, but, I think they'll be able to kind of put him in the right role to let him succeed. They got the three other guys. I think the big, I think the other thing that, that makes me more worried about them one, like the less interchangeability that we've seen the last couple of years, like one guy misses and the drop off can be really significant running back. It's like, Oh, they got to bring in Jonathan Williams off the practice squad. He'll be fine. Like there there's that. And then we really don't know who the nickel is yeah. at this point still. It's, you know, is it BSJ? Is it, is it Kendall? Like, will they just basically play Buffalo guys yeah. there, whether it's Quan or, you know, have him switch between like a Buffalo role and a regular role. Like we don't know who that spot is. And they're just, as we talked about with, with, you know, O-line, there aren't a lot of spots where we actually don't know who the guy mm. is. And while, you know, who's your left guard is an every snap problem and who's your nickel is not the fact that we don't know, I think makes it harder to put them in the top three. So I, you know, as, as we're, we're splitting hairs here to me, that becomes a pretty defined hair to split. I think I'd put D. Yeah. I think the thing that, and again, I'm fine with that, but I think the thing that gets me a little bit, I'm less concerned about quite honestly, is the idea that they have bodies that can participate there. Now, you know, you have Quan who played nickel in college, you know, you have, BSJ, who played nickel. You have Cam, who's done that. You have all these different types of people. Percy's done that a little bit. You know, um, Kalik Hudson did that a little bit in, in OTAs and minicamp. So, like, there's just a lot of people that can fill in there. And I think they all did a good job. Again, 
maybe you go back to that defensive thing where like the safeties look so good because they didn't have to fit the run. The nickel looks so good because they didn't have to play the run. And I'm with that. I get that. And I, I'd probably say that's probably a, a better, um, a better question, you know, in terms of like where that group's at, but in terms of answering questions during OTAs, like, I don't know if they could have looked any better, quite frankly. So, right. um, but I, I'll go with that. I, I get what you're saying. Like there's a little bit of uncertainty about who's doing what, the safety's fit and runs well and especially when it's you know you talked earlier about how o-line and db are the two position groups that reps together really matters and when you have all these pieces constantly moving in and out there is a better chance that there's a miscommunication because you're not operating snap in snap out with the same group of guys and as they try during training camp to get all these guys different reps in different spots do they get enough reps together in whatever combinations are actually going to be used on game day i think it's just kind of par for the the course in terms of the nature of the position but it is it is a separator here compared to i think they have three very solid running backs with fairly defined roles and and by the way depth behind them in case something goes sideways and i think the the what i'll what i'll give you here is that i think the only reason i would be comfortable putting the dbs behind again for all those reasons you mentioned but also with the running backs if you're saying that eb is going to um expand their usage and I think he will. You know, I think we're pretty confident he's going to do that with the tight ends. Pretty confident he's going to do that with the backs. Um, so I could definitely see see that relationship there. You know, so um, I'm with it 100%. So, so what is it, DB running back? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. So running back then becomes third. And I think there's a line there between them and the top two for sure. Um, the thing with the running back that I think is interesting. So you have Robinson, who's kind of this bruiser. And and I'll say this about running back even before I get into the specifics. We came out of last season thinking they're going to be this like run heavy team. Ron's going to go find, like, is he going to go hire Greg Roman and run the ball the highest percentage in the entire league? And I think it's pretty clear that they're not going to do that with Biennemi because that's not how he thinks about offense. And Biennemi's got a ton of power and control uh, over these things. I do think they'll run it more than they did in Kansas City. I also think that you have to think of the screen game and to an extent, the quick game as an extension of the run game uh, it accomplishes similar things. So they will have a much more effective usage of that than uh, they did previously under Turner. So I think all those things are good. Um, but there is kind of the question of like, what is the impact of this group? Is it is it a super heavy impact group or is it kind of sitting in the background as an ancillary supportive piece? And some of that's going to come down to what you talked about, the usage of Antonio Gibson specifically. Is the screen game just going to be a monster part of their offense? And if so, is he the guy that's that's getting out into space? Um, You know, how much do they use Robinson? And then you have uh, the kid out of Kentucky. Chris Chris Rodriguez. uh, Chris. Yes, thank you, Chris Rodriguez. I want to say Robinson. I was like, nope, that's Brian. Nope. Uh, Chris Rodriguez who has been compared in part because of where he was drafted and who he's going to be playing for to Isaiah Pacheco, who is basically like EB loves a third back who is a battering ram who runs like someone stole something from him. And he is trying to chase them and beat them down with his body, like run them over as punishment. And that is who Chris Rodriguez is. That's who Isaiah Pacheco was. And Pacheco is ultimately the leading rusher for the chiefs last year. I doubt that is going to happen because Robinson can also do a lot of that. But I, I think they have like the right three guys with the question mark to me being who's who's the pass pro guy. That is the one question I have for the running back position. 
who is the the best pass protector and can they make enough advances in that um in that that part of the game to get what they need out of that position no i totally agree with that i think um I think it's a really well-balanced group. I think the Chris Rodriguez thing will be really interesting to see to watch because, like, he's not, like, a non – he needs shoulder pads and a helmet to look like to, – to be good at what he's good at, you know. So, like, that'll be interesting to see if he's ready for NFL stuff. The Gibson thing is interesting. And, you know, when you watch Kansas City's offense, it's not like the backs are, like, this huge offensive feature, you know. Like, they catch a lot of checkdowns. They catch a lot of screens. They catch stuff in the red zone off of kind of design pick plays and things like that. So – I look at that and I say to myself, like, they will be impactful. Their role will expand. But it's, you know, in terms of the personnel there, is it is it kind of a make or break? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. You know, running back in general has been devalued. Um, but I think they've got three good football players there. And I think they've got an expanded role in the offense. And I think that they are deserving of being in that third spot. Yeah. All right, so that leaves us with receivers and DBs. No, receivers and uh, – Sorry, receivers, yeah, D-line. I apologize. On, um, who is who is two? And then we we leave our champion most confident uh, for the mm, end. This is tough. It's a really tough one. It is tough. Um, <clears throat> it can go either way. I think if I was going to make an argument for – like if I was a lawyer and I said, let's – you know, why the D – Everybody yeah, loves lawyers. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Why the D-line should, shouldn't be. I'll do respect. Yeah, T line shouldn't be number two or shouldn't be number one. I'd say Chase Young's the biggest question mark there, in my opinion. I think that group is deep. I think it's um, athletic. I think they're uber talented. It's just about what is Chase Young. And I think even in terms of him, like they're still going to be a good group because they showed they can be a good group with James and Casey and FA rotating in there. Um, you know, John Ridgeway, Fedarian Mathis, the depth there is awesome. They're like perfect depth pieces, exactly what you want. And then you've got two of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, maybe the best tandem in the NFL, um, a top 15 edge rusher in Montez Sweat and a guy who was a former second round pick in Chase. So there's not a lot there, but I think if there's one question about that group, it's probably Chase Young. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your debt, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think you would just explain why yeah. they're number one, which is the biggest question mark is the difference between them being like excellent and really good, great yeah. versus, yeah, really good versus great versus wide receiver. They have had injury issues the last couple of years. Like Curtis, obviously two years ago, Jahan missed a bunch yeah. of time last year. It's the nature of that position because it's the, the position that does the most long sprinting. There tends to be a lot more hamstring issues, things That's like true. that that get in the way. Um, they are learning a new offense. They've got a new quarterback that they're relying on, who, by the way, we put eighth in these rankings. Um, so I, I think there are more questions. And then you have the depth. Um, is this the year that with his college quarterback, Deami Brown finally comes through, who is the fifth guy, who is yeah. the sixth guy, um, if if that is something that you need? Um, and, and can those guys step up if needed on a week where, you know, it's, it's early December, one of those starter – top three guys goes down 
how yeah. do you do it? And you know, some of that is not going to be a direct replacement, right? Some of that is they would run some, more stuff with tight ends. They get Gibson on the field in some different, like if Curtis goes down, they might just put Gibson out there in some of those plays and, and substitute it that way. So um, there is a little bit of insurance, a little bit of, of, you know, support there in that way. But I think that the nature of the position is more fickle. And I think the depth is stronger on the defensive line that even if the former number two overall pick is not performing to a high level, um, James Smith Williams was a starter yeah. last year and he played very, very well. Casey Tuhill started in spots and played very well. They brought FA back. Like it's a group that's played together. They are not reliant on another position in the same way that the receivers are reliant on the quarterback. Um, their depth is excellent. And they also have hyper elite talent, which is something the wide receiver position has with Terry um, and maybe even Jahan. But I think there's just, there's so much, you talk about confidence that comes with like sh- assuredness. Yeah. And I think the D line is the most sure thing that they have on this team. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, I think again, I'm picking, you're nitpicking that group because it's really good. It's really deep. It's really talented. And I think with the receivers, um, you know, like they are really predicated on quarterback play, you know, and so like, how do they handle that? But in terms of having good football players there, I think you feel very good about Jahan. You feel very good about Terry. Um, again, Curtis is one of those guys that's a big usage guy. You know, Dax Millen had an excellent OTA period, you know, kind of as that fourth guy, fifth guy, potentially. Uh, Diami looked good at times. So uh, I, there are probably more questions there. I think I think the depth's not quite as comprehensive with the receivers, but um, I think they're they're pretty good at football, you know, and I think those top two guys are, are pretty yeah. gosh darn good. And, um, but yeah, so I'm pretty confident that Terry's going to be Terry. Jahan's going to be Jahan. Uh, Curtis is a little bit of a question mark in terms of what he becomes, but I guess when you say it like that, you kind of say, I don't have any questions about the defensive line outside of one dude. And there's like literally nine guys I just mentioned. I think those guys are all going to be good football players. So I think, yeah, receivers two, um, defensive line one. Yeah. And, you know, God forbid, if one of the top guys goes down in any of those positions, like you feel better about the defensive line being able to step up and fill it. it than you do with the receiver they've, spot. Because they've, yeah, exactly. I mean, they did it all of last year with Chase out when they were still pretty solid last year. Um, you got a bunch of dudes that are hungry and focused and prepared. There are a lot of contract years yes. as well, um, which can go sideways if things go badly. You know, guys get upset because they don't think they're going to get their money. Um, but I, I, genuinely think that they'll be fine um i think the improved defensive back play is going to help them out um i think the experience is going to help them out um and by the way they're playing in the same scheme and and you know something that we've obviously touched on but not directly mentioned here is like we did a coach's confidence rankings like we're very i think confident in eric the because of what he's been but he has not been in this exact position before He's got new players. He's still learning and he will learn things about them during the season that he just can't learn in, in training camp because it's not a competitive situation or, you know, you're not looking against different defenses and, you know, that's going to be an evolution for him where Del Rio is entering year four with basically the same group, especially when we're talking about the D line. So he knows those guys, he knows how to use them. He knows how to deploy them. And, and I think that has to factor in too. And well, you know, I think most of us would say, EB is probably an overall better coach than Jack. Jack is very like straightforward, yeah. solid, um, and definitely showed, I think, an ability to to keep a team together and motivate and do all the things you need to do as a coach last year when he kind of salvaged that group from a rough start. Um, you know, just because the ceiling's higher doesn't mean the present is higher. And going into the season, 
we don't know what we don't know about Eric Bieniemy as a sole offensive coordinator with this specific play, group of, play of callers. Players. Ever called like, you know, been yeah. like the the play 100%. caller guy. I mean, I'm sure he's done that. He's been that's that's been part of his. He's he's been a part of a, a process, but he has not been right. the guy. And I think that's uh, you never know in terms of confidence interval, right? Or confidence. Uh, yeah. So you know, Jack is Jack, and that's pretty good. You know, he's a guy that from a coaching standpoint Very you can good. trust. He's got that team motivated. He's got a kind of well-established kind of, um, you know, stable of position coaches that are doing a great job with the guys that they have. And you feel pretty good that that group's going to not maybe, you know, if, if they're a top 15 group, whatever, but they could be very, very good if, if it all comes together in the right way. So I agree. I think, um, you know, there's a little bit more uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Travell Wharton's new, you know, as the offensive line coach, Juan yep. Castillo as the run game coordinator. That's a new thing. Receivers yeah. coach is new. Quarterbacks coach is new. A lot of new stuff new, going like... on there. So, um, you know, and again, that's a testament to how well the OTA process went with all those new pieces there. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of questions there on the offensive side of the ball. For sure. All right, so uh, final order. Most confident to least confident. Defensive line, wide receiver, running back. DB. Uh, tight DB. end. No, DB. That's correct. Tight DB, end. tight end, special teams. Special teams. Linebacker, quarterback, uh, goal line. Linebacker, quarterback, yeah. O line. Correct. So yeah. I, th- I should have I should have rewritten that down <laughs> instead of trying to look at my initial list and order them in my head. Excellent, Excellent. Hosting job, yeah. Craig. yeah. I mean, you know, I do. I confidence, I, confidence. In the I host, host that po- that podcast with um, Fred and Tana for the team, and I really don't have to say much because those guys will just talk about anything, right? That's but all, I do have to keep meticulous lists of stuff that they say. Because when it goes like, like, what did we just say? It's like, oh, you guys were just talking about, you know, whatever. So it's a, it's a skill set that I'm cultivating at the moment. Yeah, that's one that I have cultivated. It's just not just you in this in this situation. Just were like, nah, don't need it. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> job out of me. It's a real bad job out of me. All right, uh, we'll try to do better for the second pod in the week, at least for the final 45 seconds of the show. I think the first 45 good. minutes were pretty yeah. darn good. Uh, so if you agree and you like it, make sure you subscribe wherever you are watching or listening right now uh we will have a second podcast this week even though i'm out uh basically by the time anyone hears this the rest of the week on the radio doing the show on monday uh, and then i'm out on vacation but before i leave on tuesday we will record a pod that will come out on wednesday so make sure you're subscribed for that and then we'll be back next week uh we got to figure out our schedule because of the holiday but uh the the plan is to put out two episodes next week around july 4th uh with all of that said his name is logan paulson you can follow him on instagram at logan underscore paulson 82 my name is craig hoffman you can get me on twitter at craig hoffman and on youtube at youtube.com slash at craig hoffman and we will see you next week here or later this week god really crushing the ending here uh on take command Stop the recording!